The following interview originally aired on KPOV 88.9 on the Friday Point. You can listen to The Point 9 a.m. each weekday at 88.9 FM or at kpov.org. John Nielsen was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin and raised in a small farming town of about 1,400 people. A third-generation veteran, he enlisted in the Army after high school and served honorably as a paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne. He completed his term of service and was unable to continue jumping due to an injury, then was honorably discharged. He moved to Bend in the spring of 2001 to attend school with some Army buddies and met his future wife the day they came into town. They have been together ever since and have five children between them, three adult boys and twin six-year-olds that are in first grade in the Redmond School District. He and his wife bought their first home in Redmond in 2003 and lived here ever since. He has worked in the banking and finance industry most of his civilian life and is currently the branch manager of a local credit union in town. John, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Steve. I appreciate it. I, I hated I hated to read that long thing, but I was afraid you really wouldn't brag about yourself. And that's that's quite a, a list of accomplishments in a very short amount of time. Well, not that short. I'm older than I, I feel, I think. <laughs> well, uh, I've, met, I've met you in person. You don't look that old. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. now that we've welcomed you to the uh, Friday Point, what do you like about living in Redmond? You know, I... I've been here almost 20 years. It's, it'll be, you know, 20 years here on, in next year. And I've lived all over the country. Um, you know, I grew up in, literally, I grew up surrounded by corn and cows in a dairy farm in Wisconsin. When I was in the service, I lived in North Carolina. I spent time in Texas and Georgia. I spent some time in, in New England. And the thing that I like about Redmond and the reason that I chose to live here is every place says they're unique. Every place says they're special. But the thing that struck me about Redmond was how warm and welcoming it was. The cultural diversity 20 years ago wasn't what it is today. That is something that I, I missed. And having come from the South and having come from other parts of the country, getting to see that change occur has been really rewarding. And seeing those people be welcomed in the same way that I was. I love that I can let my kids play outside as a motorcycle guy. I love that I can be on my bike last weekend, whereas growing up in Wisconsin, they're still in the teens and they're still measuring snow in feet. There is so much that we have to offer in, in terms of recreation, in culture, in environment, in opportunity that I don't think you get that. You don't get that same mix everywhere. And I don't think Central Oregon is for everybody. I do think it's for me. Yeah. Well, and I think it's it's safe to say that you like this place and you've seen a few. <laughs> I have seen I have seen a few. And yeah, this is um, my wife is a native. She grew up in Bend and and graduated from Bend High. I am not a native. You know, I'm 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 still a transplant, but I consider myself lucky to be so. And I'm going to you know lean on my wife's uh, natural born status uh, for for my passport. And because I do know a little bit about your background and in particular what you are employed doing, uh, I think it's given you, uh, at least from what I could get from a brief discussion we had, that it gives you a chance to have a pulse on what's going on in the financial world in Redmond, which I think is really important for everyone to know what's going on. You know, it, it, I think it does. Um, one of the, the things that I love about my job, especially working for a credit union, is 
we serve every sphere, every every metric that you can measure as far as um, the population base. I mean, we serve the 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 haves, the have-nots, everywhere in between, everywhere above and everywhere below. And so when I sit down with somebody and they come in and they need they need a loan or they need some assistance, they need some guidance, they just need some help. There, there is an old joke that it's your psychologist, your barber, and your banker. And I hear every aspect of their lives. And I dig into what is for most people the most intimate part of their life, which is going to be their finances. And so I see the struggles that people in Central Oregon have to live with every day. I also see the opportunities that are out there for people who have the means, who have the skills, who have the talent to to pursue them. And so I see the good, I see the bad, and I do see the ugly. And that's that chiefly is kind of what I think is is concerning me, is that there's... There are so many folks out there, and if you look at the national statistics, we're not alone in this. The number of people who can't scrape together $400 for an emergency bill, is it, it is terrifying and it boggles the mind. And we're seeing home prices in Central Oregon push most you know, first-time homebuyers out of the market. And that's not unique to us, but when I moved here, I, you know, I rented an apartment in Bend, and when we went looking for homes, when my wife and I went looking, you worked in Bend, and you lived in Redmond, because Redmond was where you could afford to live. And that, now, believe it or not, the statistics say that that's a, that commute back and forth is actually about 50-50, where half the people who are living in Redmond are working in Bend, and half the people who are living in Bend are working in Redmond. And so now first home, t- home buyers, my, my son um, and I actually, we went looking at houses this weekend and we're looking in for him, for his starter home with his significant other. And my son and, and his girlfriend were out there and we're looking in Culver, we're looking in Prineville, we're looking in Madras because both of them work full-time jobs in, in medical care and they're priced out of the market for a starter home in Redmond. And if we don't, if we don't look at that as, as a risk factor for us, if we don't look at that as a potential loss in our culture, I think we're, I think we're missing who we are as a, as a community. Yeah. I I think it'd be safe to say that uh, you get to deal with a lot of people that have skin in the game. Yeah. And this is, this is a difficult market and moving forward, I'd like to see a reasonable number of changes. Uh, would you like to speak to the issue of changes? So I'm involved in several uh, community boards, economic development and things like that, Chamber of Commerce um, participant. And to my mind, growth is going to happen kind of regardless. What I see is Redmond right now has a, has a focus on traded sector jobs. This is... Stuff comes in here, we assemble it, we build it, and then it's sold somewhere else, which is it's great and it's, it's wonderful that we have that focus. But I don't think it benefits us long term if we don't pair that up and say, okay, if the stuff is being made here, but the people who build the stuff can't afford to live here, where does that leave us long term? And the other thing that I see, the flip side of that argument 
is, well, we need that workforce housing for, for those traded sector jobs. The CEOs, the owners of these big companies that are moving here, they're not moving here. They're staying where they were. And it's because we don't have that, that economic diversity within the town that I, I, I feel it, leave, it may leave us exposed in an economic downturn where we're not, we're not going to be as resilient as we could otherwise be. I do think we need to move beyond the traded sector and service industry jobs to try to, to, try to expand how attractive Redmond is for, for business to relocate here and for business to start here. We can go to these companies and say, hey, you should come here because of who we are. We don't have to go to them hat in hand and say, oh, we'll give you a 20-year tax abatement. Or, oh, we're going we're gonna to guarantee that you can lock in these low wage, lower wage jobs. Because if we've got the skills and we've got the talent, they will come here because of those opportunities. The CEOs will come here. The people with more affluence will come here because of the lifestyle. But it's kind of a, it's a baby step chicken and egg kind of thing. You kind of have to get a little bit ahead of each one. You have to create those homes so those people will want to live here so they'll bring the jobs. And it's not easy and it's not simple and it does require a community effort. And I don't just mean politicians versus business owners. I mean, the community as a whole has to come together and decide we're going to work together to, to make that an effort, to make Redmond grow in a way that retains its soul and its culture. And that is, that's a huge and complex issue. And it requires buy-in from every aspect of the community and from every citizen to say, yeah, we want to make this better for all of us, not just better for some of us. Well put. I, you know, I, I have to say that I would really like to live in a town where every time I walk past somebody, they smiled at me and said hi. And I don't think that's out of the question. I think it's going to take uh, some real mindful effort. That's why we had you on the show today. We do a lot for the homeless community and, and try to bring that around. But I also think we need to look at it in a realistic sense about what's going to happen from a business standpoint to support the population that's going to come in. And you've addressed that relatively well. Is there anything else in in Central Oregon's future that you think uh, needs to be addressed? You, you mentioned the homeless population. And I do think that, that there is, I think there is a willful blindness on this part of kind of some of the officials to say, well, they're not my constituents, so I'm not going to deal with that. And all you have to do is drive around Redmond and you will see, you know, tents that we didn't have a few years ago. And we will, you will see camp trailers and RVs that have been in the same spot for a month because they don't start. But there's somebody trying to have a life in those situations. And I think it is, it is to our advantage to work with those people to find a way, you know, whether that's through the managed campsites, whether that's through high, high barrier homeless shelters like the Bethlehem Inn, low barrier shelters, where if, if we can give them a safe place where we can provide services for them, where we can more easily monitor them from a, from a policing aspect, it is more cost effective to set aside land for them to bring in nonprofits, church groups, community service organizations, state, local, 
and regional resources so that we can help those people who would love to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. They just need help getting that first set of boots. Amen. And bring social services to the people who don't have the tools, be that addiction, mental disability, circumstance. You know, if they don't have the tools to get themselves back up and running, we can at least have them more centrally located to make it easier for those services to be brought to them. And it makes everybody's life better. Nobody likes to drive down the road and see tents on the side of 97. But those people have to live somewhere. We can't just pretend they don't exist. So we can either work with them to try to get them back up on their feet, to get them going again, to make them productive members of society, or we can just pretend they don't exist. Well, how's that working for Portland? You know, we, we can't pretend they don't exist. We have to work with them. We have to help them. I mean, just as decent human beings, it's the right thing to do. From an economic standpoint, it's the right thing to do. From a security and peace of mind and quality of life standpoint, it's the right thing to do. And it's not going to be free, but we can make it cost effective. We can do it in a humane way that treats everybody from the taxpayer to the recipient of those benefits with respect and dignity. And I think we all benefit from it in the long term. In lieu of what we've talked about thus far, how do you see these changes taking place? And do you have any suggestions on how to accomplish these things? I am by no means a subject matter expert on this stuff. And I guess where I would start is you need to have open and transparent local government. Um, you need to have, you need to have a city council. You need to have city managers and city officials who are, I mean, not only open to dealing with this, but who are, are hungry to deal with it, who are aggressive. I've, you know, I've met with, um, city officials, city management and things. And, and I think most of the staff in the city are, they're aware of the situation. They are working toward that situation. But I think there is some pushback from, let's say, I guess, politicians and special and, and some of the special interests who don't, it's not that they don't want to deal with it. It's, I think it's too big for them to wrap their hands on. And because they can't put a simple kind of bumper sticker sized answer on it, it's easier to just kick the can down the road. You've got, you know, places like Veterans Village in Bend, which I had an opportunity to tour. And it's 15 tiny homes and a community home where they're going to focus on helping these guys and, and gals get together, support each other, and then work to move out of that situation into a better situation, and then come back and help the folks who get to take their place in those in those homes, um, you know, the Bethlehem Inn has done great work for years. Jericho Road has been providing services, you know, meal services, shower facilities, um, a place for social services to connect. We've got um, Reach, which is a primarily a Bend program that helps the homeless. It's Reach here is different than Reach and Bend. And I want to I want to make sure I get that point because Reach here is a school children's organization. But Reach and Bend is doing uh, parking lots where where not-for-profits and private businesses can dedicate secure parking for 
for people who've got campers and RVs where they can have some level of privacy that gets them off of the city streets so they can at least have some consistency and permanency in their life, even if it's only for a shorter period of time. We, we can, as a city, decide, hey, we're going to set aside some land for a managed camp where we can set up some basic facilities for people where they can be monitored, where they can be given some semblance of security and, you know, where they don't have to worry about their stuff getting stolen. You know, if you think about it, how tough would your day be if every single morning you woke up, went to work and you were terrified your house and everything you own was going to be stolen that day? Just that one little piece of love, the, the gift of a padlock and the ability to store your belonging so that you can go out and look for a job. That's a simple solution. And there's a thousand little solutions out there that decent, hardworking people are coming up with every day. And not every solution is going to fit every individual, but there is a solution out there for everyone. We just have to pair them up. And it is that million little things that we each do every day to help each other out. That's what makes the difference. But that means we have to work together and we have to stop looking to blame the other person. That brings us probably to the end of the interview, and I don't want to. I don't want to end the interview on such a sober note. Uh, you made a statement in a meeting that we had, and you talked about the fact that there was too much stupid on both sides, which I found to be humorous. <laughs> yeah, but but in reality, uh, it's more stubbornness. Uh, people just don't want to get involved. They'd rather just lock their heels up and stop the process. And I'm happy to know that there's people like you that are capable of negotiating with everybody. And I think that that's probably your strong suit and really does make you a concerned citizen. Well, I appreciate that. I don't think that makes me unique, by the way. I think there are more people out there of goodwill than I would say than the stupid on either side. And I think we can stand up in the middle and say, hey, Let's work to come up with a solution. Stop focusing on the problems. Let's work on how we can take a step forward and get to the get to a solution in the end. Amen, brother. Thank you so much for being on today's show. Thank you, Steve. I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, please visit KPOV. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcasts at kpov.org.